Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Hi, I'm Willie King and this is The Bigger Picture. US stocks have posted strong gains for the first quarter of 2023. Last night, you have markets ended higher as energy stocks soared on rising oil prices and pushed higher after the organization of the petroleum exporting countries and its allies or OPEC Plus unexpectedly cut oil production. So much all the backdrop of the US regional banking crisis and of course, you know, the Fed central bank's decisions whether to maintain their high interest rate and to unpack all this as we move into the second quarter, uh, joining us on the line is Abilash Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist of Standard Chartered Private Bank. Welcome to the show, Abilash. Good morning, really. So with the risk of the recession you know, at the back of our mind, the stock market gains and the recent oil price gains because of OPEC Plus' decisions to cut oil. As we enter into the second quarter, I want to pick your brain on this, Abilash. What is your team and your outlook on the second quarter of the economy? Uh, thankfully, uh, I think uh, what we've seen in the bounce in stock markets in, in the in the past few days, past few weeks, is is more driven by technical nature. Uh, mm. From our perspective, obviously, we did see uh, you know a big sell off in in stock markets last year. This year, obviously, we've seen uh, a big move up in technology sector as bond yields have come down uh, over the past month, and that has been the key driver for the move higher in in S and P five hundred. But if we start looking ahead, we think that the odds of a recession are rising. So you know, uh, we we've been looking at a number of indicators which have a decent predictive power in predicting recession uh, and a lot of them are turning red. So just yesterday we saw a negative surprise in a US ISM manufacturing index. Mm. So so that obviously sparked some concerns. Labor market in US is, is turning sort of soft. So we use the bounce in equities uh, that we get in the next few days, few weeks to actually uh, rebalance into bonds at better valuations. Mm. So I do understand from your investment committee that you are assigning an 80% probability of a US recession over the next 12 months. Can I also ask this, you know, what are your expectations on the Fed's raising interest rates and your views in interest rates going forward? Uh, absolutely. So I think uh, from our perspective, we think that the Fed will hike rates maybe one more time uh, to to a, a upper band of 5.25%, uh, most likely in the May meeting, if not June meeting. And the key reason for that is uh, if you look at inflation in, in US, that has proven to be sticky. And, you know, if we think about the OPEC's uh, uh, oil production cut that just happened over the weekend, mm. uh, at the margin, the impact from that will be that it will lead to higher oil prices, uh, which should lead to uh, more per- persistent or stickier inflation. So, you know, we think one more uh, hike from the Fed and then uh, it'll pause for a while. But as we get towards end of 2023, we think that the slowdown in the economy will force the Fed to cut rates by around 50 basis points uh, in maybe late Q3, early Q4. I don't know, Abhilash, that you guys advise on your private banking clients, on the the economic outlook. And, you know, I've been reading about portfolio management, about investing, you know, in a diversified portfolio. And I've been reading between, you know, having a what I call or what sources have said or research have said a 60-40 portfolio uh, versus a multi-asset portfolio. Now, I just want to just, you know, get some ideas here, Abhilash. Uh, Do you think a 60-40 portfolio or a multi-asset portfolio work better in this kind of um, current environment? Well, from our perspective, uh, yes, we agree that a 60-40 portfolio has faced its challenges. I mean, uh, over the past few years, the bond yields are too low uh, and, you know, that that really constrained the 60-40 portfolio. This year, we've seen that stocks 
and bonds have generally moved in the same direction. So the correlation between them have, has increased and that reduces the diversification benefit in a 60-40 portfolio. So, you know, from our perspective, uh, we think that uh, if, if you're looking at a balanced portfolio, then adding allocation to, to alternatives or even commodities, uh, you know, such as gold makes sense, especially given the recessionary concerns mm. that are there. So we are overweight on gold. Uh, but yeah, for investors who prefer to generate income, we think that, that you know, uh, a multi-asset income-focused portfolio also makes sense over the next six to 12 months. Mm. And speaking about an income-focused portfolio, moving into stocks here, what sort of sectors do you think are interesting or the opportunities for investors or your clients to be looking at? But from, from our perspective, the, the, the sector preference depends by region. So uh, if, if you're thinking about U.S. annual, given that we assign around 80% probability of recession there, we have turned very, very defensive. So in U.S., for instance, we like uh, healthcare, we like utilities. Similarly, in Europe, we like utilities. So we have turned very defensive there. Uh, given the recession risk. Now, if we move up, uh, our focus to Asia, specifically China, we think that uh, you know adding exposure to cyclical sectors uh, makes a lot lot of sense. So we we like communication services, uh, the sector that houses a lot of the the internet media giants. We like technology sector and we like industrial sector as well. And the key reason why we like technology sector is we think that you know given the ongoing tensions between US and China in 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 the chip space, in technology space, uh, we are likely to see more policy support from, from Chinese mm. authorities in, in domestic hardware manufacturing sector and that should benefit technology and, and industrial sector in China. Mm. I mean, China is at the end of the global economic cycle. I mean, you have consumption, fixed asset investment and the distressed property sector are also showing signs of a recovery amidst all this economic activity gradually uh, normalizing, you know, f- following from last year's reopening. Now, I just want to shift your attention because I have also been reading the report which you have published last week on uh, the contingent convertible bonds. Um, This is something interesting because after the announcement um, of Credit Suisse getting acquired by UBS and how their 81s have been written on, I just want to get your views on this uh, cocoa bonds. Are these still uh, an opportunity for investors today? Well, uh, I think at, at a headline level, we think that the market still offers uh, attractive value for, for investors who, who who can take that risk. Now, uh, obviously, uh, I mean, the, the write-down uh, of uh, Credit Suisse Cocos uh, when UBS decided to acquire them was the biggest such instance uh, in, in the relatively short history of the asset class uh, over the last 10 years. Uh, and that did cause some concerns in the market. But I think looking ahead, there are two important reasons why we think that the asset class still does offer, offer value. Mm. So the first reason is that after uh, Swiss national banks and Swiss regulators' uh, decision to write down Credit Suisse 81, we saw a number of other regulators, ECB, Bank of England, MAS, HKMA, all coming out and saying that, you know, they are unlikely to follow the same precedent as Mm. SNB. Uh, and they are likely to impose losses on equity holders first. So that reduces the risk for for, uh, bank-subordinated debt holders or 81 holders, right? So that is one uh, comforting factor. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I think from a fundamental perspective, the 81 market still makes sense because if COCOs or 81s did not exist or if that funding market dried up for the banks, then the cost of equity for banks would increase and the return on equity would also decline. So net-net, we think that, you know, while the volatility will remain high for the next few months, if investors are in it for the long run, then there are some quite attractive double-digit yields uh, on offer from fairly large and, and steady banks out there. 
Mm. We have been speaking with Abilash Narayan, Senior Investment Strategist of Standard Chartered Private Bank. Thank you so much, Abilash, for your time and insights. Stay with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.